We continue today with the sixth Aliyah of Parshas Yisro, the sixth lecture or mini-lecture in this series. So we begin at Shishi. And the scene where we left off was a powerful, dramatic scene, the most dramatic scene in all of human history. Um, Moshe speaking uh, in an unusual voice with the direct amplification um, of God himself, amplifying his voice. The cold shofar is sounding. The fiery smoke is causing the mountain to tremble. Vayered Adonoi al-har Sinai el-rosh hohor. Vayikro Adonoi l'moshe el-rosh hohor vayya'al Moshe. And God descended onto the mountain, at the mountaintop. This is revelation. This is God descending, God coming, making himself real and, and audible, if not visible, and coming to the mountaintop. And God calls Moshe to come to him to the Rosh Hohor, Vayal Moshe, the, 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 the most amazing encounter that we have ever had before or after of a man with God himself. And, and Moshe goes up. Moshe does it. Vayomer Hashem al-Moshe reid ho'eid But God says to Moshe, you're coming up to me. But tell the people, go down and tell the people, pen yehersu el-Hashem liros, let them not push their way up to God. Because if they do, v'nofal mimenu Rov, many of them will collapse, will fail, will fall. Vegam hakohanim hanigoshim el Hashem yiskadoshu. Even those kohanim, Rashi says kohanim here, although Uncle says kahanaya means, of course, the bechoros, the oldest sons of each family, who at this point were serving as the priests. The kohanim were not yet designated as a special tribe. The bechoros were. And they were the ones doing the avodah. So they, who are nigoshim el Hashem, who do approach God in a certain way, because they do offer korbanos, and therefore they might think that after all, I am so chashuv, I am so important, that I offer korbanos to God, I am the Kohen, we might, they too, yiskadoshu, they too have to be prepared, Rashi says, to stay put. They have to be prepared. They too, even they cannot ascend. They cannot come closer. Lest God break through and, and kill them. And everyone has to stay put. So Moshe responds and says, of course. They can't. They can't. They can't go up to Harsinai. What do you mean they can't? When there's a brick wall there? They can't. Because you have warned us not to. You have told us, um, make a boundary around the mountain and keep it holy, keep it special. So they can't. You don't have to tell them anymore. They got the message. Moshe, go down 
and come up again you together with Aharon. However, as Rashi says, Aharon's not going all the way. You're going all the way. You go very far. Aharon goes far, but not as far as you. He's in another level. But the Kohanim, they have a Mechitza liatzmom. They can go close, but not close enough. They can't go up to the mountain. Moshe went down to the people. And he told them. What did he tell them? Rashi says, He told them that warning. Keep these gavulos. Keep these boundaries. Don't go past the red line. And now we move to the Aseres Hadibros, to the Ten Statements, known in the world as the Ten Commandments. And God spoke all these words, more saying, notice a shift. If you've been paying attention for some time, and I'm sure you have, God is referred to again and again in this parak <coughs> with the Shem Havaya, yud Hey and vav Hey. Go back, for example, in this parak Yud-Tes to Apostle um, Gimel. Vayikroi lov adoshem min hohor lemor. Look at the, at the post, next time God is mentioned. Asher tzivohu Hashem. In Pasukhes, Diber Hashem, Divrei Ha'om El Hashem. Consistently, Hashem, Vayomer Hashem El Moshe. Consistently, up until Pasukhof Dalit, where you have the same Hashem twice, Vayomer Elov Hashem, and again, La'alos El Hashem. Now, it's not Hashem speaking, it's Elohim speaking. What does this mean? Truly, Aseris Hadibros will begin Anochi Hashem Elokecho, but now it's Vayadaber Elohim. God, Elohim, not God, Hashem, is speaking. And Rashi says, She'en Elohim Elodayon. God is speaking now in his capacity as a judge, as someone who will hold people accountable. A Dayon Lihi Porea. This is a tough judge speaking. This is not the kind aspect of God. This is the stern aspect of God. And he is saying this, Lamor. And normally, Lamor means to say, God spoke to Moshe to say to the Jewish people. What does it mean here? God spoke to, it doesn't say to whom, God spoke all these words to say. Rashi, following the Mechilta, God said, um, uh, I want you to answer. I want you to respond. This is not a one-way missive. onin. Agree, say yes, say no. Yes, we will keep. No, we won't disobey. And the Aseres Hadibros begins. I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt, out of the house of slaves. Rashi says, why does God have to identify himself and say, I am the God who took you out of Egypt? Because, says Rashi, God has various ways ways of appearing to people. When God took the Jewish people through the sea, he appeared to them as a warrior 
Kagibor Milchama. Here he is appearing to them as a judge or as a Zokain Mole Rachamim, a merciful older person. God has various ways of showing himself, of demonstrating himself, and therefore people can easily be misled and think it's not one God. There are various gods, many gods. Shterishu Yosein. No. Anochi Hashem Elokecha Asher Otsisicho I am the same God who took you out of Egypt. Same God that appears to you now, same God. For the Rambam and others, this statement is not just a statement. It is a mitzvah. It is truly a commandment. This is the commandment to believe in the existence of a creator, a perfect creator who call, who created all of the universe. Everything comes from him. And he is omnipotent, kol yachol, all-powerful. And that he is the God, the ruler, the one to obey. All of this is contained in this last Pasuk. I am your God. I must be your God. You must make me your God. You must believe in me. Because, as Ramban puts it, I took you out of Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim is the evidence that God exists and that God does what he pleases to the world. Words of the Rambam, Itzias Mitzrayim More Al Mitzius Hashem Va'al Ritzono Hechovshi. The existence of God and of God's free and un, um, unblockable, unstoppable will. The apostle continues. You should have no other gods before me or in front of my face. As Rashi puts it, means even if someone else fashioned this idol, you can't keep it. You can't possess an idol, even if it, you didn't make it, and perhaps even if you don't believe in it, if it's just a museum piece, you can't possess an idol. Elohim Acherim means other gods. What is other gods? Says Rashi. It means the gods of others, the gods whom others have made into gods. Or it means the gods who are other to those who pray to them, the gods who are strange to those who pray to them, the gods who frustrate those who pray to them. They are the other gods, the gods who pretend to be others. <coughs> You should not make for yourself a graven image, which means, Rashi says, al shem shenifsal, it means something which is carved or etched or sculpted. Don't make those things for yourself. V'chol tumuna, nor any picture, any two-dimensional picture. Asher ba'shomayim im'al v'asher ba'oretz mitochas v'asher ba'mayim mitochas l'oretz. Don't make graven images as objects of worship. Not pesel, not tumuna. <clears throat> do not bow to them. Do not worship them. Because I am a jealous God. What does it mean God is a jealous God? Rashi says, a God who holds you accountable, a God who demands, a God who punishes and rewards. That's what it means. Um God remembers the sins of the fathers to the children 
al shileishim v'yavibeim down to the third and fourth generation lisonoi for those who hate me, for those who despise me. Here the pasuk is saying that God punishes children, grandchildren, great grandchildren for the sins of the fathers, for the sins of the ancestors. Can that be? After all, the Torah tells us, Devarim Perichov Dalad Posuk Tesayan, Ish Becheto, people die only for their own sins. You're not responsible for your father's sins. So Rashi says, Look in the Targum. The Targum says, God repays or pays back the second, third, and fourth generations, Lisanoi, to those who despise me, Kad Mishalmin Benayo Lemechte Bosaravohoson. If the children continue to sin in the ways of the father. If the child changes, the child breaks the chain of evil and embarks himself on a new path, God will not hold him responsible for his father or grandfather or great-grandfather's sins. But if the child continues in the evil ways of his father, grandfather, great-grandfather, then God visits or remembers um, the sins of the ancestors upon the descendants as well. If God punishes down to the fourth generation, he does kindness to the 2,000th generation. To those who love me, and observe my mitzvot. And Rashi, of course, gives us the formula. When it comes to punishment, four generations. When it comes to rewards, 2,000 generations. A ratio of 500 to 1. The reward, the good aspect of God, the rewarding, beneficent aspect of God is 500 times the size of the um, negative or punitive uh, aspect of God. You should not take God's name in vain. And notice here, it doesn't say you should not swear falsely. It says you should not take God's name in vain, which means, Ramban again, you should not trivially mention God's name, even if it's not in the form of an oath, just in general passing. Do not say God's name lightly. Do not say it in vain. God will not cleanse, will not easily forgive a person who takes his name in vain. And here again, we turn to Ramban who says that even though there is a punishment for the person who takes God's name, has Malchus or Korban, various uh, depending upon various circumstances, what do we mean that it is not forgiven? There are punishments, and after the punishment, presumably the person is forgiven. And by Avodah by idol worship, it doesn't say it's not going to be forgiven. Why? By oaths, does it say? By bearing God's name in vain, does it say not to be forgiven? Lo, yinake, says the Rambam, because people tend to think that this is a minor thing. So I said God's name in vain. Big deal, it's just words. People do not consider it so bad. And therefore, to stress the point, God says it's very bad. That's unforgivable. 
Pasuk continues with the very important mitzvah of Shabbos. Zohor es yom ha-Shabbos Remember the day of Shabbos to make it holy, to sanctify it. Now, you notice, you know, that there, this is one version of the Aseres Hadibros. There was another version in Parshas Voeschanan. Basically, they are the same. They, there are some subtle differences. One is that here it says, Zohor, remember, in Parshas Voeschanan it says, Shomor, observe, guard. And Rashi says the two were said in the same breath. Zohor is the positive aspects of keeping Shabbos. Kiddush, Havdolo, Suudos, Oneg Shabbos, Ksus Nikia, etc. Shomor are the no's, the don'ts of Shabbos, the 39 Malochos, Mukza, and all the Shivusim Drabonon. Zohor Vishomor, they're both very, very important. What does it mean, Zohor, grammatically? What is this word, Zohor? Zohor, as she says, is a Lashon Po'ol. It means constant. Constantly remember, in the words of Rashi, Tenu Lev Lizkor Tomid Es Yom HaShabbos. Always remember the day of Shabbos. Meaning, says Rashi, all week long, Monday morning, you find a bargain, a great piece of meat, Buy it, Lakovat Shabbos. You find a new suit, buy it, Lakovat Shabbos. You find pretty tablecloth, buy it, Lakovat Shabbos. Do things to prepare for Shabbos. That's how you remember Shabbos. Now, there are other interpretations of what it means, Zohor Es Yom Shabbos. Ramban again says, every day remember it's Shabbos. Sunday, you say, Hayom Yom Rishon B'Shabbos. Monday, Hayom Yom Sheni B'Shabbos. The whole, all the days of the week should orient you to Shabbos. There are yet other opinions. For example, the Rashbam says, remember the Shabbos doesn't mean today what happened to be dictating it. It is on a Wednesday. It doesn't mean today, Wednesday, remember that Shabbos is coming up in a couple of days. No, it means remember the old Shabbos, the first Shabbos, the first Shabbos of creation. That's what you're supposed to remember. Remember God's creation and God resting on Shabbos. Remember the Shabbos Bereshis. Remember Genesis. etc. And the Mincha Balula cautions us to remember that this mitzvah was already given to the Jewish people last week. In Moro, Shom, Som, Lo, Chok, Umishpot, Visham, Nisohu, the Jewish people were given Shabbos before this particular um, commandment was given. So remember that. As the Pesach says in Pasha's voice, Hanan, Ka'ashet Sivacho, Hashem Lokecha, God already gave you this commandment, Lekadsho, to keep it holy, to keep it special. Special, says the Ramban. Shabbos has to be a special day when you are free from all the nonsense of the world. When you are free to reflect on spiritual matters. When you are free to go to the wise man, to the rabbi, to the teacher, to study the word of God. And of course, Chazal say, Lakacho means to recite Kiddush, to recite special words which lift up the Shabbos. <coughs> Work for six days and do all your work. Rashi stresses, all your work, meaning when Shabbos rolls around, you should consider all your work done. Shabbos, you bench left, close the books. 
Kilu kol melachtocha asuya. It's all done. Yomashvi Shabbos Lashem Elokech Olosasechol Melocha. Don't do any work. Atovin Chovi Techa Avdechov Amoscho Vehemtecha Vegercha Asher B'Sherecha. You shouldn't do work. Not you. Not your son. Your daughter. Your man slave. Your female slave. Your animals, and even the stranger in your gates. No one should be doing work, as Rashi says. When we say your children should do, should not be doing work. We mean your minor children. It's important to see to it that your little children also do no work on Shabbos. Shabbos is to remind you of the old primeval Shabbos of creation when God created the world, heaven and earth in six days, the ocean and all its contents, and he, God, rested. Rashi said, this is, a, this is an anthropomorphism. God rested. God needs to take a day off. Rashi says, God allowed himself to be written about as if he was taking human rest. So that we should say, if God needs a day of rest, certainly I, a human being, needs a day of rest. God blessed the Shabbos and sanctified it. Blessed means he gave it, gave it a special barucha. By the man, he gave us double the portion. He gives us extra special things. The kids show b'mon, and on Shabbos, however, these brachos don't come. Um, there was no man on Shabbos. Shabbos is an open day for spiritual matters alone. Honor your father and your mother. So that you will have long days. Again, following Ramban, this means that you should honor your parents and as a reward for them, number one, number one, you will have long days, a long life, and also a long life in the world to come. And the Alho Adama, Alho Adama, the Alho Adama, you will also have tenure. You will be able to be in the land, the wonderful land of uh, Eretz Yisroel. What's the connection between Shabbos and then Kabedes Avicha? If you think about it, moving through the first four commandments, they're all talking about God in some special way. Don't worship other gods. Believe in God. God took you out of Egypt. God created the world. The Shabbos is testimony to God, God, God. And now we switch from God to human beings. Yes, parents, but human beings nonetheless. What's the meaning of the switch? The commentary of Rabbi Yosef Bechor Shor, one of the earliest Bali Hatosvis, says that you might think, one might think, I'm only supposed to honor God. God, God. People? Eh, parents? No big deal. They're human beings. No. Your parents are almost up there with God. Honor them because they brought you into this world. They made sure you survived. They suffered for you. They worried about you. They troubled themselves and toiled for you. And therefore, if if Right, this is the Sefer Bechor Shor. If you honor me, I'm sorry, if you honor them, I know that you will honor me as well. 
I know that you will honor me as that well. Don't think it's only God-God. It's not a God-oriented religion. It's a people-oriented religion too. And the number one on that list of people are your parents. Kape desovicho v'yes imecho. The pasuk continues: Lo sirtzach, you should not murder. Lo sinof, you shall not commit adultery. Adultery means taking another man's wife, an ashes ish. Lo signov, you should not kidnap another human being. Rashi insists: Lo signov here doesn't mean you should not steal, but you should not kidnap another person. Lo saanev reyacha et shokya, you should not respond with false testimony against. Your, um, your, your friend, your neighbor, your fellow. Lo sachbod beis You should not covet. You should not desire your neighbor's house, your friend's house. Lo sachmod eishes You should not covet your neighbor's wife, nor avdo amaso shoro chamaro, nor his slave, his maid, his ox or his donkey. V'chol asher Covet nothing that belongs. To someone else. As the Rambam explains it, this means one should not scheme or plan how am I going to get that object or that woman or that slave or that animal away from my neighbor. Sometimes we have thoughts, you know, oh, what a beautiful woman, wow, what a beautiful, wonderful slave, what a great, beautiful chandelier that person has. That itself. Not maybe not be so great, but it's not yet losachmod. Losachmod, as the Rambam is, to think laasos tachbula, to think, oh, how am I going to get that? How am I going to get that? Even the thought is prohibited. Now the question is, how can a person control his thoughts? All right, you can say, don't do anything. I can control my actions, but my thoughts. If a evil thought comes along, can I control it? Many commentaries have answered it. But let me quote to you how the Sefer HaChinuch answers it. He says, Do not wonder how can the Torah tell you to control your thoughts and your desires. Yes, the answer is you can control your thoughts and your desires. So you do have control even over your imagination and your will. And you can do that. It might be difficult. You have to work on it, but you can do it. In the words of the Sforno, another person's wife or another person's house or another person's property should be to you as if it was Impossible, as if it was physically impossible. You should think it's no way. Even Ezra, of course, gives an example, and he says there are certain things that are so wild that we don't even dream of them. He gives the example of a peasant boy desiring the princess. The princess is so beyond his his ability to ever, ever wed that he doesn't even think of her in those terms. So too, other people's wives, other people's property, other people's possessions, maybe even other people's titles and reputations are not something that should be, you should even consider a possibility for yourself. They're theirs, they're not yours. No way. And so we come to the end 
of the Aseret HaDibros and to the end of the sixth Aliyah, Shishi. And the Mitzvah Shem tomorrow, we will go on to Shivi'i.